0: Good evening, everyone. Good evening. I want to thank Brother Leon for affording me the opportunity to share the word with you tonight. Now, I'm going to make a statement. I may make it again later. So, if I do, it's not because I'm senile. I may or may not. But you know, we—I know—I know most of y'all. and We believe here that the, everything in the Bible, every word, is inspired word of God. But I'll even go further. I believe in putting the exact order because you know it wasn't originally written. Chapter one, verse two, verse three. I believe it's in the order that it God intended. And when he came come upon these men to write these uh, letters, or like most of them are, the New Testament, especially, I believe it was preserved and copied. Because let's be honest, folks, what we have right here is just a book printed by man and some facts. Quite possibly not even here in another country. But I believe God preserved it because the Bible was the most thought-after book to be destroyed I mean, countless generations and countries. It's illegal in over 50 countries in the world now. So you know that's something to it. But but the reason I say it's in the order. So we're going to read a verse. And I'm going to be in Romans chapter six. Stay in Romans, then we're going to skip over to chapter seven. And my plan is to stay in Romans. But the way the scriptures laid out for me can be confusing because it looks like. It's a little bit contradicting. So if you would, like bless out much typical malady, there's no name standing tonight out of free. But I'm going to be in Romans chapter 6, starting verse 21. I'm I'm sorry, let's start in verse 20. For when ye were yet servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you were that ye are now ashamed? For the end of these things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the way of the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Please help us pray. Give us praise, Heavenly Father. We grateful. thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. We thank you each person that made the effort to come out and hear your word. Now, Lord, I pray that... Everyone receives something that they can not only put into their personal life to help their walk to you, but that it can use to help someone else. Our Lord, I love you and praise you hide me behind the cross. Let not my words be heard, but your words saying, Lord, if I say anything out of your will, I ask the forgiveness and repent of it now and Jesus say we pray. Amen. And this verse really in fairness, verse 23 is one of my favorite verses. Because you know, like most of us, we've had work our whole life. But verse 20. For when ye were, yet served for... Sorry, my last one For when ye were... Once again, it didn't say if. It said when ye were. That's everybody. No matter how good you were in your past, you were servants of sin before you got born again. That's just a simple fact. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye been in those things Whereof ye are now ashamed, for the end of those things is death. And that verse 21 is such a, to me, a, a very disturbing truth. Because, you know, I've always been a, as you can tell a talker, you know, people, for whatever reason, have always opened up to me. And that's one of the especially working in drugs we have, you know, the chaplain of Project for a few years. That's one of the biggest things that keep people from moving forward when they've had really a, a troubled past. Is the bottom line is you're ashamed of. You know, some people are so ashamed of their past and their sin, it keeps them from living in the blessings that God has for them. Because, so, you know, one of the hardest people to forgive is yourself. You know, maybe I, I'm stretching, but I take the Bible and, and face value. That's word. It says, if you don't forgive men and their trespasses, God will forgive you. So that includes yourself. And one of the hardest things you're there is to do is forgive yourself. Because the bottom line is, really, in fairness... You might say you forgot something. No, you really know what you are. We know most people know who they are better than other people. Or maybe I'm just a, at fault because I am very self-respecting. That's why you notice the last few times I stood before you, one time I was how close you are to your sword. But so remember, everyone's heard the saying, the preacher gets first, and I usually share what the Lord dealed with me about. I need to know where my source is. I need to know what my source is. And I need to know how to take home that source. And then you know I preach the message by examining yourself. And that's really basically what we're going to read tonight. To me, what, the next few verses I read is one of the clearest. And it has to be 100% true for the Word of God. Paul is making a very honest self-examination. He's being honest because the Lord inspired you. So we're going to use the present tense, I am. Not I was. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but what we're reading is Paul examining his stuff and being transparent to, the, to his readers. And that's what we all need to do. But that's what harms Christianity more than anything is the phony, church going Houston. I you know, I heard him say it one time, you can be so heavily minded you're no earthly good. We've all met that person. And it's so easy to just throw out scriptures. Just because, you know, my grandpa used to have a saying, my grandpa was not a church going man. But I've never respected a person more than him. He said, you know, just because your mouth opens and closes like good books, only need truth comes out. And that's a lot of truth for some people. We all know those types of people. So, what fruit had you been in those things whereof you are now ashamed? So, what else can we think about but your sin? And once again, ladies and gentlemen, no matter how good you are or were, you still had sin in your life. And unfortunately, If you look over in 1 John, according to the Word of God, if you say you have no sin, you're what? A liar. And a liar is one of the few things God hates. Yes, God hates. And not people, but scripture clearly says lying is one of the things God hates. So we all have shortcomings. And, you know, I used to hear Karen say, well, I said, there's a difference between a sin of omission and a sin of commission. There's willful sin. And I think there's unwillful sin. There. You know, anytime... like you promise someone you're going to do something, get busy in your day, forget. In essence, you've lied to that person. Yeah. So in essence, you've sinned mm-hmm. and committed one of the seven sins that God hates. Not intentionally. Most born-again believers are going to intentionally lie to somebody. But especially the busy lifestyle we live, it's easy to do. So, once again, what fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed. For the end of these things is death. The only thing that ends in death, besides physical death, and I don't think it's speaking of physical death here, it's speaking of spiritual death. Eternal separation from God. Then in verse 22, But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. Verse 22 is just another way of saying you're born again. How could, if you're born again, how could you have fruit under righteousness and be free from sin except by being under the blood of Christ? Because Christ's finished work on the cross is the only thing that will free us from sin. Mm-hmm. And I love it it says, made free from sin. You know, when you make something, there's something, you know, for, 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 the, for a cook. You take flour, take a handful of flour and eat it. Don't taste it. Put a little this in it, a little that with it, and you have a cake, or you have biscuits, or you have gravy, all things that I love. But it's the same way with us. We take a little bit of this. It may not be any good by itself, but we add something to it, and what do we need to add to our lives to make things something to our business? this. <laughs> so if we're made free, what does that mean? That we are free. And I, you know, I use an example all the time, like my dog's in the house right now, because it's so hot. But if I let my dog outside, I set him free for him. Guess what? He knows he's coming back either in the house or in his bed. So he's not free. I love my old Maximus, but he's not free. He's held captive. Because if I let him just run free, he'd be gone. He'd come home when he got hungry like I used to was a teenager. But the point is, there's a difference between being set free and being made free. And once again, we're made free according to this passage of something specific. Not free to do whatever you want. I know people love to say, we the Spirit of the Lord is their liberty. That doesn't mean you're free to do whatever you want. There's liberty to serve the Lord. But what we're talking about here now is being made free from sin. Otherwise, you are no longer bound by sin. Not that you had sin before you got saved. But most of us chose to. I'm going to be out of Yeah, I'll say it like this. I've probably sinned more than most of my family. But you know, every time with a conscious choice, not one, and I I ran with rough-necked boy, but not one time little rough boy make me do anything I didn't want to do. You might blame others for what you've done. And the biggest lie anyone ever tells, whether it be a child or adult, the Satan made me do it. Or I wouldn't have done it and it hadn't been for old so-and-so. Biggest lie you ever told. Me. You chose to do it if you've done something and you know it was wrong, you chose to do it. You might have been deceived a little bit or maybe tricked into it. You might have went somewhere you didn't know this was going to happen. But if you're free to go, you're free to leave. But when we're talking now, this is both addressed to both the sinner, the lost person, and the saint, the slave person. But the clear message is we are made free from sin. Now, I'm going to back up a little because I'm not big of the uh, title of my message. At first, I was going to title this message, Go Wretched Man, I am so That's one of the scriptures we're going to mention. That's what Paul says about himself. And then I thought really more about, based on verse 23, what are, and this is really a good thought, what are you earning, and what are you receiving? Now I want to read verse 23 again Romans 6. For the weight of the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, even you young people, I don't know if you get an allowance or not, but you, well, you probably get trouble, you get something. But you probably usually have to do something. See, wages is something you earn. Otherwise, you have to do something like I'm going to get up in the morning, or the guy back there is going to get up in the morning, go to the steel mill, burn up, and sweat, to get that paycheck. You earn a paycheck, you earn wages, but a gift is completely unmerited. If if a gift has strings attached to it, it's not really a gift; it's a bribe. So once again, wages are something you earn. You know, make clear. While a gift is completely unmerited, you did nothing to deserve it, and the gift we're talking about here is eternal life. L.J. said it clear this morning. It's free, unmarried. We don't do anything. We can't earn. You can't be good enough to earn salvation. You can't do enough work in the church. You can't preach enough sermon to earn salvation. Christ paid for that salvation at Calvary cross. All we have to do is accept it. But another thought on gift. A gift is not any good unless you open it the future. And the gift of salvation, while well, it was available for the moment. We got old enough to make a decision for it. Most of us don't accept it then. Then even after some of us don't accept it the first time it's offered. You know, I could, and I've always wanted to do this, I've been too lazy to do it. Wrap up some packages. Some in real pretty paper, and some just an old stained up, nasty paper papers. And I set them up here in front of the church. Help select people to go up and get them. I guarantee you that one of the nasty, dirty paper be the last one to And you know, if I ever done that, that would be the one that had the best gift. But we're the same way. The dirtier and nasty our lives are, the harder it is to accept that gift. And it goes right back to what we read in verse 21. Because the bottom line is, when you know yourself, when you will be honest enough with yourself, if you're not ashamed, i be honest. I, I, I don't regret. And this going be a strong statement. I don't regret anything I've done in my past, for the simple reason it's taking everything that I've done, everything that's happened to me, to make me who I am today. What your path should be is one of two things. It's either an anchor that keeps you from your future, or it's a springboard that propels you to your future. So when I think about how the Lord spared my life, ladies and gentlemen, when I was three years old, I was going to put a winch of the car. Shouldn't be alive. When I was nine years old, I was in a car with somebody that wrote 14 times and still put the telephone call. Shouldn't be alive. And I'm not going to mix all the stupid stuff I did as a teenager that was willingly, I knew the consequences. So, and and the only reason I was there. I wasn't served the Lord, as I've told you before. I can't think of any of my family that was a church. So the one thing everyone says when I get to heaven, I want to ask Jesus, I want to ask Paul, I want to know the person who for me. I can't think of any of my family that would not But someone had to, or, and this is a little bit arrogant, but I, this is what i want. always Because the Lord knows what you're going to do, he you knows what you're not going to do. And if I've ever done anything, if I've ever been obedient and done anything pleasing to the Lord, I like to think that's the reason I've been preserved. But the Lord knew what I was going to do when I was going to do it how I was going to do it. Regardless of what my life looked like. So my fruit was completely unrighteous. And yet, I'm ashamed. Like I said, I'm going to finish my statement. I don't really regret anything about that. I've been abused in every way you can think of being physically, verbally, sexually. That's hard for man to say. But all those things maybe me who I am today. But I am ashamed of a few things I've done. And I'm thankful. One day sitting in a, in a church service a preacher preached, no one forgive me. Something came to me. And not only did I have to give that person but then I still did I, I felt relief there was still something wrong. And I realized, and I'd already started preaching the gospel. I realized I hadn't really forgiven myself. I was ashamed of some of the things I've done. And the Lord spoke to me, if you'll just ask me, I will free you from that shame. I did and he did. Well I can stand before you now and say, there's nothing in my past that caused me to lose sleep. That caused me to suffer off. Why? Because I'm I didn't. I didn't bring it to the altar and cry over it, walk off, oh, I might need that again and kick it up and go with it. That's what most of us do. We don't really leave our path behind. We don't really leave our confession at the altar, whether it be an actual altar in a church or somewhere private prayer. Too many of us like to hold on to a path. That's the reason we really are reaping the wages of sin. Because if you don't let it go, guess what? Stay with you. You know, claiming to be a Christian and not following this book is like paying money to go to a doctor and not taking the medicine. But once again, but what are you earning? Are you earning wages of sin, under death, or have you accepted the free gift of salvation? And if you've accepted that free gift of salvation, which I'm sure the most of you are here, I know all of you. Really, I don't know personally, but I do know of you. So I, I, think I'm safe to say everyone here is probably born again. But once again, do you have that free shelf, free package. You got, you got space set up on a shelf. Are you opened up? it to work. Are you using your free gift? That's what's intended for God. Because if God saved us to go to heaven, why don't we go the minute we're saved? God saved us so we could be His representative here. Mm-hmm if you go back into uh, Genesis where it says let's make God in our image, that word image means represented a form or figure it don't mean God looks like us even as hands in the lamb, I hope God don't look like me oh, my wife doesn't
1: <laughs>
0: but anyway, let me go on let's skip over now, so once again are you earning wages unto death, or are you accepting and using your gift of God to eternal life and where did that come from? through Jesus Christ. You know, I love people, love the quote, and I may be wrong, with this, but I don't think I am. People love the quote, the only way to God is through Christ. But I believe there's something before that that says, unless God draws you. See, it's God that draws us and puts the desire to reach out to Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit tells us, how? But take all three. The part that says, well, I've never heard from God. That person never accepted salvation you got to hear from God to get to Jesus. you got to go through Jesus to get to God. And you've got to hear from the Holy Spirit to get to wow. either one of them. And, uh, thank you, Lord. See, I can really live by the Scripture, because I don't want to make a statement about being filled with the Holy Spirit. But, you know, uh, and I really felt it with the Lord, but the Scripture teaches me that the Spirit, and that's capital I mean, the Holy Spirit is subject to prophet. You don't have to say everything that comes into your mind. It may not be so Whoever that thought before must not hear it. But let's skip over in chapter 7. Go over to verse 21. Still here in Romans. Because we're talking about ways of sin and the gift of God. And I'm going to step out of one of my uh, proverbial limbs. This gift, while it is free and unmerited, I believe it comes with few conditions. Not necessarily extreme, because once I said, if you truly have accepted the gift of salvation, you're using it for God's glory. And if you're not using it for God's glory, I can't say, I'll never be found guilty of saying, well, it don't look, I don't think that person's going to say it. I don't know any of these Yes, the scripture teaches us, we'll know a person by their truth. Just like I love them, let me back up a little bit. One of the headings in my, my day father is fruit produced indicates spiritual state and destiny. So the fruit you produce will show where you really are in the Lord. And will also determine your eternal destiny. Because as the scripture teaches, a good fruit will not a good tree cannot bear a bad fruit, a bad tree will not bear good fruit. You can't get sweet water and salty water from the same spring. But so now we're going to skip over into chapter seven, and we're going to look at the word most of us don't like, law. Verse twenty-one, chapter seven. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my memory. In south Africa is so But then I find a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Now, some scholars, I read some scholars, they will clearly say, some people believe this is Paul is talking about before he was born again and free from sin. Possible, but that's why I made that statement earlier. I have to believe that the Bible is in the order God intended it. And we clearly see over here, in verse 22 of chapter 6. But now, now, present tense, and this is the words of Paul, being made free from sin, then we skip over here to chapter 7. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. That inward man is referring to my spirit, the spirit. But ladies and gentlemen, not this that will live forever, but spirit and soul Gone to eternity. Yes, we will get a glorified body, thank you. It won't be in aching But it's truly your spirit that will live forever. I don't think this flesh is going to ever walk the streets of glory. Yes, at that point, as I said, the glorified body, we will have that body. But it won't be the flesh. Because it's flesh, because even think about it, even Jesus, when he walked this earth, he said, yes, he was fully God. But as we clearly know in this church he was fully man as well. What did he say when he was called a good teacher or a good master? Why call about me teacher? There is nothing good but one. And that's God. Why could Jesus, and it, can't, it had to be true, it came out of of Christ. So why could he say God was the only one, the Father was the only one good because God has never been human. He had never been by my flesh. And Jesus was, yet without sin, but some people like to think, well, because Jesus was God, He couldn't sin. Ain't yeah, good. If He was incapable of sin, how was He the perfect sacrifice? How could He take on the sin of the world if He couldn't sin? That's like us saying, if, if you know, once we get born again, it's impossible for us to sin. That'd be sinless perfection. None of it. If you've never done anything wrong. Since you've got born again, raise right your hand, please. Come up here and take my plate. No. One? But you've been, I just read from the scripture, we've been made free from sin. And it, i am not going about big there's no big sin and little sin that God's dog. You know, we like you like to little just a little white lie. Is a white lie any different than a big fat black lie, I guess? No, a lie is a lie is a lie. It's a falsehood. Whether it's intentional or not. But I think once again, this is Paul speaking. And I feel he's speaking in the present tense. I find it a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And think about, ladies and you know, this evil, when it says evil is present with me, it's not talking about some demonic spirit, or outside force. I believe with every part of my being is talking about this flesh. Yes, as long as we're bound by this flesh, yes, we've been born again, and yes, we've been free from sin, but as I hope I've clearly stated, we still have the capacity not only to sin, but we will fall short. We will sin. We will make the statement. Once again, I will make the same statement. Now, I hope that I never see a sin not that there is such a thing as a big, sin, little but I hope the thing that is in my life until I draw my last breath is this little simple shortcoming and I hopefully the Holy Spirit bringing to my remembrance and I can repent and confess and Then I hope I never find myself truly out of the will of God. And I think you have to be truly out of the will of God, truly out of under his covering, for lack of a better words. To truly fall into a desire, a previous sin. I would see how someone truly claims to love the Lord, truly knows His Word and desires to study His Word, and none of us can read it enough. You know, LJ has spent the last four years studying the Word, and right now I can tell by the way he thinks he's thinking, probably in the Word a hundred times more than I am. And I'm making no excuses for my shortcomings. But, me, I, I don't see how someone and I don't mean this to be judgmental but we're talking about I find then a law that when I would do good, evil, and present with me I don't see how you can get you have to get so far from the love of God to really have an affair if you're married to follow you know start healing in the church that's just two examples to come up with. There has to be something missing in your life right now. And once again, I'm, I'm in no judgmental statement after this. You have to have backed away from the Lord to allow yourself to do that because the bottom line is you have to allow yourself to do it. So once again, for I delight in the law of God. And this is now I don't know that I completely agree with Phineas Dave. I'm reading it from Dave's study, by the way. I don't know that I completely agree that uh, he states that the law of God is speaking the law of Moses. I like to think it's really the word of God because this to me is law, of my law that I try to govern my wife's life. I almost made a mistake saying my wife life. That would have been a flip of the thumb. But, you know, like I said, I'm going to call them probably oh, you knows this better than me, but I truly want to believe that we are in verse 20, I delight the law of God after the inward man. Your inner being, your spirit should. And if it is truly speaking of the law of Moses, we've got to understand there's a whole lot in the Mosaic law that was not from God. And I'm sure I, I apologize y'all. i, I always of they just called him little guy, I called him anyway. So well, I can't get past him. So the guy I'm sure for calling okay. explain to little more than I could. There's a whole lot of the law that law the Pharisees and the religious leaders in Israel added to it. For whatever reason. I've never been overly concerned about that. Because I think whatever if it's a law, you know, even if the law is no excuse, as they say in society, there is no excuse for you to do it. None at all. It doesn't matter what educational level you have. If if you come up across something that you need to know, if you're born again, especially if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, which is not necessarily the case, just because you're born again, there's no excuse not to. God will let you know. The youngest child knows right from wrong. As Cindy's fifth and sixth, her little grandson. Eventually he goes, to look at uh, whatever we call it, meme or whatever. Meaner. I didn't do that when you see him do it. Children would naturally lie. It's in our nature. So, if there wasn't such a thing as a sin nature, if there wasn't this law of sin that we're thinking read about, why would that happen? You know, so to me, verse 21 through 23, and I'm going to read these three again, is a clear picture of walking in the flesh, being controlled by the flesh, not the spirit. For I find that a law that when I would be good, evil is trust with me. For I delight the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into the captivity to the law of sin, is in my members. Of course that member, that word member just blew me. Remember, the limb, if you look up in the Greek, it means a part of the body. I think that's why the scripture's there. If your eye caused you sin, it's better to pluck it out. The Bible's not teaching you to later. But if your eye caused you sin it's better to go in the glory without an eye, pluck it out. If your hand caused you sin, it's better to lose. Now luckily that's that so you don't really have to cut your hand on. But the point is this is a clear picture of being bound by the flesh. But we just read that we're made free from sin once you're born again. And if you're trying and doing your best to live a life pleasing to God. But when in verse 22 says, I see another law in my memory. And now this is one thing I'll, because this, this gentleman, Finney's dagger, is far smarter than I am. So I want to read it out from him. This law of sin, the law is stronger than the law of the mind. For it captures man regardless of the of the protest of the law of the mind. The victory is not occasional but complete. So the bottom line is the law of sin, the reason it is stronger than the law of mind. Most of us do not do what the Bible teaches. I think it's Romans chapter twelve where it says, renew your mind daily. Why do why do we need to renew our mind daily? Especially in the world we're coming from. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, you're a hard pressed to go out in public and not hear language that a, a child of God doesn't hear. Hard press, So you're constantly bombarded with improper
1: language, improper thoughts, improper dress. I say all
0: the time, women are wearing underwear for outerwear. I don't get that. And at work, unfortunately, where I work, they allow... Their employees are wearing shorts. And and I always have this over, and I don't know why I'm saying this, but we're so bothered. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. It's hard to tell that some of these women are wearing t-shirts too long or shorts too short. Like you see a t-shirt. Same way with men. I see men dressed the same way. So it's hard. Luckily, that doesn't really disturb me. The reason I'm bringing it up is we are constantly exposed to the wrong image, the wrong side. And if you don't renew your mind daily, if you don't, as it says in another place, think on these things. You're know, like, I heard of a gentleman say one
1: time, you can't keep a bird from flying through your hair.
0: And it, it happened to me one time. I had a bird flying out of my hair. That's when I had long hair. But you can't keep from building a you can't keep in your thoughts from entering your mind, but you can't keep from well of them. But it takes a conscious effort. Especially if you're born again, because the Spirit of God, if, if your spirit is, if you're truly born again, and you're truly filled with the Spirit, the minute the wrong thought enters your mind, you should feel conviction. And, and I heard the gentleman word and have course, a great voice you ministry. Brother Paris Reagan, I remember that that I never have looked it up. I'm going to take it to say today. So the word conviction really means, the Greek really means convince. So if you're under conviction for something, you're really, the Lord is probably really trying to convince you that that is not good for you. So once again, we see this law. And this law, unfortunately, the law of sin, is quite often stronger than the law of our mind. Because the law of our mind, unfortunately, well, shouldn't be because your mind well, in your spirit. Your thought process is part of your spirit and soul that is eternal. But if you don't feed that spirit, that that soul with the right substance, quick story. My wife takes this stuff, But uh, I read, this is a true article. This friend that lived in New York City had an army buddy that's a Native American. And he invited him to New York City, wanted him to show the city. And that man said, oh, this is too much for me. And they were walking out of the street. And if he'd ever been to New York or even known on the city, it's always crowded. And, and the, the Native American I hear a cricket. And that guy was like, man, you're crazy. You can't hear a cricket and all this noise. And he walked over the bush and pulled out a cricket. He said,
1: there's
0: no way you could have heard that. He said, let me show you why. That's what I'm going to do He took out a handful of chains and dropped on top of not A dozen people what you're in tune to is what you'll hear. If your mind naturally to gravitates towards the improper, the impure, you're going to hear impure the, the first time. If your mind gravitates towards improper thought, you're probably going to think, I can't believe what John said something he said tonight. While they may not have been completely fitting for the pulpit. I didn't say anything at the book. But that goes back. As a man thinking, so is he. That's not my word. Like That's why you'll never hear me say, I just know it's going to That's the problem I have with alcohol denial. And, and I will support it. My father quit drinking at the end of his life to alcohol denial. But every time we go to a meeting, hey, I'm a junior poor, I'm an alcoholic. He ain't drinking much. How are you an alcoholic who's drinking How are you a drug addict who's don't take drugs in? But anyway, that's why that law of sin is more powerful Because we're programmed to think quite often wrong. And as I said just a moment ago, if you don't renew your mind as the Word tells us to, you know, it's in the Bible for a reason. Because the Lord knows what we're exposed to. And verse 25, I won't read it to myself. And I will, well, I'm sorry, let's skip ahead. Let's look at verse 24 and 25 of Romans 7. And once again, now to me, I read this literally as the present tense, Paul makes the present tense saying, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Those two verses have led me to say that Paul was never completely free from sin or he wouldn't make this statement. And once again, I don't claim to be a scholar. But I believe the word of God to be true. And I believe that it's deserved for us the way God intended. I think what Paul is saying, because another place, we've got Paul just said, oh, look, up. what I will, I will. What I want to do, I'm going to paraphrase. What I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, that I do. In One place he said, I buffed my body he just suggested. I mean, he beat himself. He had to make himself do what was right. And let's think about something Paul in the beginning of his ministry, and this is a man that evangelized most of the known world, this is the man that the Lord used by two-thirds of our New Testament. He at once made a statement of himself, I am the least of the apostles. But just before his martyrdom, when he was executed for being a Christian, he died as chief of sinners. You know, we elevate in this society, we start out, especially in organized church, we start out Sunday school teachers might be a, a youth pastor, then we go up to an associate pastor, then we might be a senior pastor. If we're really an order, then we might be a, a bishop, we might be an overseer. We might be. So we gravitate up. Paul's opinion himself gravitate up. But Paul taught us more about the flesh, I feel, than any other gospel writer. Because the Lord used Paul to be brutally high. So the thing is, can you imagine a preacher standing up today and making the statement? Of course, we don't know it in the Scripture, but if it wasn't Scripture saying, like, you know, I just have to make myself do the right thing. That's basically on Paul saying. Could you imagine someone having the courage to do that? How you would look at him? Probably how some of y'all think about me here in my teaching. But oh, wretched man that I am, once again, present him, who shall deliver me from this body, of, from the body of this death? Paul really doesn't answer the question. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So if, he, if, if verse 25 ended right there, you would think Paul is thanking the Lord for deliverance, which we know he did through Paul's other writing. But then you read the next statement, verse 25. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Just because you served, a oh, I don't want to put it this way, just because I worked for bad boy moments, not mean that I am committed in 24-7. I'm not. Now, there are times I may get called in on Saturday, but my boss made a me. I don't have to go. Well, they don't own me. So just because Paul makes a statement, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And once again, I don't claim to much, but I truly feel in my spirit, what this is teaching us is we don't have to. Just because we are bound by this flesh, and yes, we are bound by this flesh, until we uniform, until the rapture takes place and we receive our glorified body, we are bound by flesh and we have the capacity to sin. We have the capacity to walk away from God. We have the capacity to uh, give away our salvation. I fully agree. No man, no woman can take their salvation from you. As the scripture no man can snatch my father's hand, But I would make accept for that there is one yourself you can walk away from. It. I don't care what any of them, anyone, regardless of their degree, if they ever make a statement, it doesn't matter what you do in life, either internally or externally, if you are born again, no matter what sin you commit, you're saved. My Bible teaches me no unconfessed, no repentant of sin will make Inner heaven. So if you really believe that statement, that no matter what I do, I'm secure. That to me is a license of sin. That is not great. And I believe that that's a talking about. here. Because we are bound by this flesh. And we have the capacity. We, and, and given, I'll even go further, we are given the opportunity to stand a regular statement. We are given the opportunity to fall, and most of them, let me make a statement, we are given the opportunity to fall short of what we know God wants us to do. And for me, most of those opportunities we miss are our own choice. We can choose not to do. It. But once again, I sometimes wish the Holy Spirit wouldn't just grab me by the nape of the neck and wear me out. That's not how God works. God is not going to force you to do and if you're born again, Satan can't force you to do it. Now, he can just, if you, allow him latitude. He can plant a thought in your mind. You can grow it, but still, if you're born again, that's why the scripture tells us: with every temptation, God, not the pastor, not the church, not you, God will make a way of escape. But here's what I'll, how I get that passage in my mind. I might be right here with the opportunity. Sin, the opportunity to do something that will greatly hamper my walk to the Lord. And the Lord may make that to escape way over there. Guess what? The Lord is not going to miraculously transport me over there. I'm going to have to take my little feet and walk over to that. I'm going to have to leave this situation. And it's if, if, either in a big way or a small way, we've all experienced that. Once again, if you've never had a wrong thought in your mind, praise be to God. You're doing something right. Tell me your secret. But if you've ever had that wrong thought and instantly corrected it in the name of the Lord, guess what you did? That wasn't your choice. Oh, man, I don't need to think like that. That was probably the Holy Spirit you that way out. As I've said before, I have never gotten into trouble. That it can take a lot of effort on my part. I have, I have never lost my temper when I couldn't control it. And I want to close it. I'm going to keep it on, but I want to close it just one little thought. And we've all probably made mistakes. So and so just makes me so mad. He just, he just drives me crazy. You know that is the most ridiculous statement in the nature. When you say, let's say you and your father, you and a coworker get into it, and well, he made me so mad I lost my temper. You're right, you lost it. But to say that that person made you so angry, you lost your temper, is to say that you gave that person control over your mind. Well, you remember, anger is one letter, and I did this with you, you know, for the youth, because I still different for I have a little bit of my anger on, on the board. A-N-D-E-R. Now and put a D in front of that word anger. You have danger. That's how easy any of us are from falling asleep. It, it isn't that saying to say you lost your temper. You lost something when you allow your temper to get to the point that it causes you to sin. Because I believe there's the scripture says be angry and sin not. There's nothing wrong with getting angry. I'm going to be honest if the church would get a little angrier about what's going on. If believers get a little angry about what's if we'll leave, we'll a once being shoved down our throat, we might see that they can turn around. But as long as we sit back and take everything that's thrown at us, I and mean, we're being forced to accept and keep our little squeaky mouth shut. Guess what? We're going to work and work with And no one, there's no one to blame but us. I believe. The church will be, when we stand before the Lord, the things in this nation don't change, each and every one of us are going to have to give some kind of account of why that happened. I have granddaughters fully embraced in such They know I love them, they know, but they also know that I'm popular as well. Do I beat them up with it? No. But they know how I feel. And that's what's wrong with this church, this world today. And the church is sitting back and accepting whatever the world wants to. Be. You know, I've, I've seen a Facebook post the other day, you know, about how Christianity is wants to shove their belief down their throat. And I had to make a comment that well, that is what LGBTQ, I'm playing now with a plus, I'm not to I don't know. I even know sure what all the letters mean, but they keep adding to it. So isn't that what that movement is doing? They're not wanting equal life. And this goes right along with what I'm teaching, because there is a law of sin, there's a law of God, and there's a law of our mind. We can choose to accept it, we can choose to ignore it, or we can choose when we have the opportunity in the proper way to stand against it. And yes, unfortunately, some churches have. Some Christians go too far and do try to shut them out. But as a movement of hope. And I said, this is where our country has gotten to. If you stand up and say anything that you disagree with is you, wrong, you're hated. And ladies and gentlemen, the day is coming. I believe I just heard it's already happened in Canada. And that's not that far from it. They're not that much of a different government. We're just going to be against the law to even read the scriptures that speak against them. You think that sounds out there, but if we don't stand up and realize that there is a law of God that we're held accountable to, that we need to defend, I like what he said this morning. No, the gospel itself can stand on its own, but it has to be put out there. And the church got to the point where Paul just read, I find, I delight the law of God inside. You can just read it. I don't know I know that, I'm close. Forget it. Hey, we're Pentecosting. I'm in for closing. Well, let's into chapter 7, verse 21. I have been a law that when I would do good, evil is pressed with me. For I delight in the law of God. Otherwise, I delight in God's word. After the evil man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. Otherwise, warring against what I know to be right. And bringing me into the captivity of the law of sin, which is in my memory. So if, if the Lord saw fit to have the Apostle Paul write these words, of, don't you think it's possible for us as born-again believers to accept what is, what is being forced upon us? Because we don't want to be thought of as politically incorrect. We don't want to be thought of as hatred. This word is just as relevant for us as it was Paul. It's just as relevant today, in 2022, as in the year that Paul wrote to the church of Rome. There is nothing new under the sun according to the Bible. And if the church individually and corporately doesn't start looking at themselves with a little bit more critical eye, I don't know what the future holds for. Yes, I know we win. everyone is saved again. You say, well, we're winning again. Well, what about that person that isn't saved? What about that person that is bound by this lifetime? What about this person that will not accept the help that has been offered to them? Or what about that person that doesn't have help offered to them? Yeah, we're all right. We're saved. The whole lot it. Is.
1: Amen. You know, as he was talking about whether or not we embrace worldly philosophy, that's been reminding me of something that I've been, that the Lord has kind of showed me. Uh, about one of the biggest denominations in the world, the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, who recently this great denomination has been going through a major divide over issues that should not even be debated in Christianity. Uh, First Baptist Church in Ontario, it's been revealed they have been baptizing uh, homosexuals and transgenders, and there's a big debate in that denomination on whether or not they should embrace critical race theory and their mainstream doctrine, and whether or not they should teach that in their schools, and a major split appears to be coming in that denomination, and it reminds me of the issue that the Methodist Church recently went through debating the same issues and eventually split what at one point was one of the most historically, one of the most significant denominations ever. Pentecostalism historically is branched from Methodism. Uh, We come from the Methodist Church on a historical basis and now it's completely unrecognizable compared to its roots. So, uh, I see the SBC going in that direction, and it shows you that man's doctrine is not anywhere near as strong as God's truth. And if you center what you believe around what mankind democratically agrees on, that ideology will falter eventually, and all that causes is division, whereas Christ can cause great unity but, you know, y'all be praying for the Southern Baptist Convention. We don't agree with a lot of their doctrine, but they have produced some of the most devout evangelists in modern history. And they've been a gift in their evangelistic efforts to the body of Christ for sure. So we praying for them. Do we have any announcements before we formally dismiss? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful word that you've given us tonight, God. And we ask that you just... Bless Brother John throughout this week, Lord. We thank you for giving him that word for all of us, to call all of us to account so that we can analyze ourselves spiritually, so that we can measure ourselves under the authority of your holy scriptures. We thank you, Lord, for this great, complete revelation that you've given to us, and we bless your name for it. Protect us throughout this week, Lord. Give us opportunities to share our faith with other people throughout the week. Give us opportunities to Till encourage brothers and sisters in the faith. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and all of the glory and all of the honor. And we say this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.